going to look, be looking at a psalm to, uh, tonight. I invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. Uh, psalm 29 is where we will be tonight. It's a psalm of David. Psalm 29 two. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Do to his name. Give unto the Lord the glory that is due unto his name. May God bless the reading of his word is my prayer. You may be seated. And so we have Psalm 29. It starts out with, Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. All of us deer hunters can say amen. Uh, and strips the forest bare. And in his temple everyone says glory. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood. And the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And so Psalm 29, as I've already said, is a psalm of David. It is possible that David was watching a storm roll on through. And he thought about the Lord and thought about the Lord's power when he wrote this psalm of praise. This psalm is directed towards God to give God praise and give God glory. Uh, we've all watched storms. And this time of year, we, we see storms quite a bit. Uh, just as I was preparing this sermon over this past week, uh, there has been many times when I was studying this and looking through this that it was thundering. And I was just praising God about it. Uh, even last night I was looking over this and, and that thunderstorm came through. And I was just thinking, God is powerful. God is full of strength. And so this is most likely the situation, or we can infer the situation that David is in. He's watching over the horizon, maybe, and he sees this storm rolling through. And he, uh, he compares it to God and his power. I love to watch storms. Uh, I remember my grandmother. Uh, sweet memories with her, but uh, she didn't have central heat and air in her house. And so guess what? The windows were always open. And uh, Meemaw, she loved to watch storms. And she would open up those windows when a storm was rolling through. Or maybe we'd go sit on the porch and we'd watch that storm roll through. Uh, I love to watch them. This time of year, we're no stranger uh, to these types of storms that bring high winds and bring the loud the clapping of thunder and, and loud uh, or the after effects of lightning. Uh, we are familiar with this. It has been said that Southerners go outside when storms are coming. Uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I become friends with my neighbors, and we were talking about this, the bad storm that was supposed to be coming in, and we all joked, and I said, I'll see you at 2 o'clock in the morning on the front porch. Uh, you know, it's a thing we do in the South, and one of my neighbors, he's in the Air Force, and he's from uh, Colorado or somewhere up north and my other neighbor he's in the army and he's from Arkansas and I said well we won't see Nick we'll, I'll see you Hunter because uh, he understood what I was saying we'll, I'll see you in the morning when the storm rolls through 
Uh, we're almost drawn to it. We, we want to see the power of it. You know, maybe David was drawn to, to watch the storms too. Uh, maybe it has something to do with him being in the southern kingdom. I don't know. Uh, but he wanted to... That's pretty good, right? Uh, that's pretty good. David was a southerner. He liked to watch storms. And so maybe that's what, what it was, was David liked to watch storms too. But, but for me, we get to, uh, you know, Becca, she gets on to me. What are you doing outside watching that storm? Shallow, get inside. I'm like, I want to see what it's doing. Anybody else? Yeah, okay, guilty as charged. The main purpose of Psalms are to give praise to an all-powerful God. They cover a vast number of topics. From man's sin nature, we can see Psalms of David where he, he clearly says uh, his sin is ever before him and he, he names his sin. Maybe the battles of Israel and, and their opponents. We can see the human troubles represented in the Psalms. Prayers. The ups and downs of day-to-day -day life. One could read a psalm and see the multiple writers of, of the psalm singing praises to God. Crying out for de, to the Lord for deliverance. Reaffirming God's promises that he has spoken in previous times. Go look through the psalms and, and the psalms will represent God's word and what he has said in previous times. Maybe speaking out against falsehood. The persecution of God's people from their enemies, just to name a few. Psalms invite us to the nature of what they are. Songs of praise to God. Worship to the creator, worship to the sustainer. God is and should be the center of our lives. Truly he is worthy of our worship and praise. Psalms put things into perspective of who we are. And who God is. We are men and women who've come to know, the, come to understanding that we have a heavenly father who loves us so much that he gave his son for us. And paid our sin debt. And by his grace through faith, we are born again. We can look to the Psalms and we can relate. We can see the hope of the future. Just as David looked towards the hope of the future. And so the psalm, this psalm that we're going to look at tonight can be separated into three parts. The first part is a command by David. David says, give unto the Lord. Give unto the Lord. And we see this in verse 1 and 2. Give unto the Lord, O you mighty ones. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And so David puts the Lord's supremacy in the heavenly places in perspective here by declaring that the mighty ones, some translations say sons of the mighty, or some might even say the heavenly beings. This reference here is most likely speaking of God's heavenly and mighty angels. This verse right here is, is not speaking of, of us being the mighty ones, but God's heavenly and mighty angels who are worshiping God as we speak. Psalm 89 says, And the heavens will praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness also in the assembly of the saints. For who in the heavens can be compared to the Lord? Ask yourself that. For who in the heavens can be compared to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints. And to be held in reverence by all those around him. 
It is the Lord who receives the worship in heaven. These are the ones who are before the Lord's throne giving him praise continually. There is one worthy of praise. There is only one and that one is Jesus. And that one is in heaven receiving praise. Through this portion of the psalm, David is reminding the mighty ones of heaven that the reason that they were created was to give God praise and to give God their service. I find it uh, interesting that David uh, reminds the, the mighty ones in heaven, that the, the heavenly ones, to give God praise. This is David, uh, who, who we know as, as the one that was after God's own heart. And here David in his flesh is telling the mighty ones in heaven to give God praise to where it is due. Give God their service. Psalm 148 says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of the light. Praise him, you heaven of heaven, heavens of heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded, and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. And so God commanded that all we uh, commanded and created all that we see. And that which we, we, which, sorry, which we do not see. Getting a little fast. Getting a little ahead of myself. God created it all. He commanded and they were created. An all-powerful God. And so David is saying, give unto the Lord. The forefronts of our minds should also be to give to the Lord the glory that is due to his name. It is at the name of Jesus that every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess. At the name of Jesus. The psalmist here says three times within our text, in those two verses, give unto the Lord. Give unto the Lord. Give unto the Lord. He then follows it up in verse 2 with worship the Lord. He could have said give unto the Lord again, but he said worship the Lord so what, what, how do we give unto the Lord? David commands worship. We are to give to the, unto the Lord all that is due to his name. And we can do that through worship. We can do that through our lives. We can do that through our prayers. We can do that through our songs. We can do that through ministering. We can praise the Lord for all that he is, has done and is doing in our lives. Have you considered what you can give unto the Lord. One commentator said about this, when we come before him as the redeemer of sinners in repentance, faith, and love, he will accept our defective services, pardon the sin that cleaves to them, and approve of that measure of holiness which the Holy Spirit enables us to exercise. There's beauty in that. There's beauty in that the Lord, the redeemer, has set us free. That he's pardoned our iniquities. That he's cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. There is beauty in that. There's beauty in worship. The fact alone that God loves us and sent his son to pay our sin debt is beautiful. And we get to worship him. 
We don't get to sit on the sidelines and, and be idle. We are active in this. Just as those heavenly beings are active in worship. Those heavenly beings aren't sitting up there twiddling their thumbs wondering what shall we be doing. They are worshiping Jesus. They are serving Jesus. We can take note of this and apply this to our lives. That we can give unto the Lord all that is due to him. And so what does that look like for you? What does that look like for me? It's full surrender. Giving our lives unto the Lord. Lord, use me. Lord, I want to bring you glory. And I want to bring you honor. The angels in heaven aren't there for themselves. They're there for God. There's beauty in that. Next, we see the power of the Lord. And this is in verse 3 through 9. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory, the God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a wild, young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And his temple, everyone says, glory. And so David gives much attention to the voice of the Lord here in this passage, in this psalm. Mentioning it seven times within these seven verses. No doubt David is relating the attributes of a strong storm that comes through and all of its power. If you want to see something that resembles God's power, go and watch a strong storm. And see how that storm can twist the strongest trees and uproot the strongest oak. How the floodwaters go where they want. How that lightning strikes and causes fire. The writer right here, David, he says that the, the trees of the cedars of Lebanon, which were considered the str- strongest trees around, and he says the voice of the Lord twists the trees of Lebanon and causes them to splinter. If you've ever watched a, at the after effects of a storm here in South Arkansas, we see that this with pine trees, which we know pine trees aren't that strong, but how a storm comes through and twists the top Out of a tree, David compares the voice of the Lord, the power of the Lord, to this. Watch how the wind can topple the strongest of trees. Feel how the earth seems to tremble beneath your feet when that big thunder booms. In our house, there's probably a little bit of screaming from some folks over here. What are you worried about? It's just a storm. We were in the youth room a few weeks ago, and Stephen Wurgis and I were, uh, somebody said, what are we going to do if a tornado comes? Well, if it takes us, we know where we're going. And if it doesn't, it's going to be okay. But this, how strong a storm can be. And David here is comparing the voice of the Lord. When God speaks, his voice is as if it is that storm. Storms cause us to to fear. 
they may send a, uh, a shiver up our back because of their great power. And we should all more give the reverence to God because of His great power. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. God must take the number one place in our hearts. It's not a fear of being punished because we are under grace. But a reverence to who He is. God Almighty. We stand in reverence to God. We bow in reverence to God. Because He is our creator. He is the one that causes the sun to shine. He is the one that, that oversees this world and all that is in it. We are still held in His hand. The creator of everything seen and unseen. The one who causes all things to be. He keeps the moon and the stars in their place. David is expressing that the Lord is supreme over every being in heaven and on earth. It is the Lord. Scripture tells us that God's creation within itself is proof that he is. And everyone is without excuse because they have in fact seen what he has created. Romans 1 tells us that. Romans 1, verse 20, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. Just right there, clear as day, have been clearly seen. Being understood through what has been made. So they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations and foolish, and their foolish heart was darkened. One can look to the stars and see that God placed them where they are. You know, I don't know what, I know, I don't follow the just astrologies and all that and making, you know, connecting the dots. But you can look to the stars and you can see that there's something there. That they were put there by someone. And that one is God. You can look at a child being born and seeing that there's proof of God. You can look at a stranger and see the proof of God on their face. You can look in the mirror and see the proof of God. You can hear that storm roll on through and you can hear and see the proof that there is a God. The thunder sounds. The lightning strikes. And we know that God is. The scripture says, even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks Let us not be a people who do not honor God as God and who do not give thanks to God as we should. Let us not be that type of people. But let us honor God where honor is due. These people see the same things that you and I see. They open up their eyes at the Grand Canyon. They open up their eyes at all these marvelous things. And yet they do not see God as we do. Because their hearts have been darkened. Their hearts have been hardened. And they've been hardened towards the all-powerful God. Verse 9 says, And in his temple everyone says, Glory. If you want to know what heaven's going to be like, I think it's summed up right there. 
David talks about how powerful God is and how great he is. He is and he seven, says seven times about the voice of the Lord. And then he says, and in his temple, everyone says, glory. Now, David, David wasn't saying glory. He wasn't the missionary Baptist, I don't think. He wasn't saying glory. David was saying glory. In his temple, everyone says Glory. There are none sitting to the wayside in heaven. Everyone says glory. Everyone praises God for who he is. Let it be said the same for us. That we are shouting glory. When you don't know what to pray, just say glory. When you don't know what to think, just shout glory. Glory to God. Because he is worthy. David concludes this psalm with the blessing of the Lord. And we see this in verse 10 and 11. Since the Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever, the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And so we start off with David saying to the mighty angels, this is what you should give unto the Lord. And then we see the power of the Lord. And then David then turns it to say in the past that the Lord sat enthroned at the flood. And in the present, in the future, the Lord sits as king forever. And then he brings it back to the Lord's people. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. David remembers that it was the Lord who caused the flood to come in the days of Noah. A remembrance of the sinfulness of man and God's judgment upon his creation. God caused the waters to come. God told Noah to build an ark. He told him what was to come. God prepared Noah and Noah's family. And then David then turns from the past to the present and to the future And declares that the Lord is on his throne. We should remember that the Lord is on his throne. He has not left his throne. Nor will he ever leave his throne. When we struggle in this life. We can remember that the Lord is on his throne. And that he will forevermore be on his throne. That he is the king. Who is worthy of our praise. Through the flood Noah's family was blessed. They were. Noah's family was blessed. God set them apart and blessed them. God could have wiped everyone out, but Noah was there. And Noah was faithful. And so we see the blessing on Noah's life. And through the promise of God, we are also blessed. Genesis 8, 21, it says, Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. The Lord is still on his throne overseeing that. Jesus reigns on his throne and has given us the promise to never destroy the earth by water again because of man's wickedness. We see that the Lord will give strength to his people. 
These are those who looked, sorry, who looked to Jesus for salvation and have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Strength that can only come from the Holy Spirit. Strength to get through those times where we feel weak. We are promised strength. We have a strength and it can only come from Jesus and is indwelling within us. The Holy Spirit working in our lives. He is the one who provides us what we need and when we need it. And He gives us the strength to endure each day. He gives us the strength to to run the race that is set before us. He gives us the strength to to run and uh, and not grow weary. He gives us the strength to open our eyes again and to keep on going. David, for sure, if you want to look through the Psalms of David sometime, it's an interesting study. There were times in David's life where he needed the strength of the Lord. And God was with him. Psalm 28 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices And with my song I will praise him. The Lord is their strength and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Shepherd them also and bear them up forever. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Is our final verse. Peace. What a beautiful song that was sang earlier. About peace. We didn't get together either. I promise you. But peace. Peace that can only come from God. Peace that that God is still on the throne. Peace that, that he holds us in his hand. That he has us in the palm of his hand. And that he'll never let us go. Peace in the midst of whatever life may bring. Whatever life may throw at us, we have peace because we know that God is in control. Not because of who we are, but because of who He is. It's truly a blessing to have peace that only the Lord can bring. David said the Lord will bless His people with peace. David's talking about you and I. We are His people. By faith, we are His children. And the Lord will bless us with peace. The Lord will bless us with strength. We can have peace. Whether we're watching a physical storm roll on through with its great power. Or whether it's a storm of life. I think it would be an injustice to not tie this this, uh, scripture to the storms of life that we go through. David definitely had some storms that he walked through in his life. And uh, some of them were because of his own doing. And uh, some of those were because of others' doing. But David here is watching possibly this storm roll on through. And he watches it. He hears the thunder. And he sees the lightning strike down. And he remembers just how powerful God is. We should have that attitude every day when we wake up. The fact that we have breath in our lungs should make us remember how powerful God is. When we open our eyes, we should remember because we can see that that God is powerful. 
When we open up God's holy word, we should be in reverence to it and know that God is powerful, that he has given us his word. When we think about our salvation, we should remember that God is powerful. That God is the God who saves. Through faith in him, we have everlasting life. And so not only can we experience God's power here in this earth as we live, but we can also experience power after this life and in the next. God's power is not going to stop. It's just going to keep going. And when we get to heaven, we're going to be in the midst of God's power. We're going to be in the midst of God's majesty. We're going to be in the midst of the holy, mighty one singing glory to the Lord. What a day. If you're in this room tonight, or under the sound of my voice watching online, and you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, come experience his power. The power to change lives. The power to break chains. The power to set the captive free. Jesus is still working. He's still on his throne. Let us pray.